to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and this is Mornings with Mubaraka, your Wednesday morning voice, where we talk about national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. I want to thank you for joining me today. Today we have in the studio Dr. Jean Fuqua. Um, and uh, Dr. Jean Fuqua, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Dr. Jean Fuqua is a naturopathic physician and acupuncturist. She's been in practice for 12 years, practicing general medicine, specializing in fertility, fertility, pain, metabolic syndrome, clinical nutrition, and homeopathy. Today, Dr. Jean Fuqua is going to speak to us about um, infertility and some of the causes and treatments for infertility Mm -hmm. from, um, and I I always hesitate using the word alternative medicine because I kind of feel like, you know, natural medicine is actually traditional medicine. medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And medicine from from the chemical standpoint is really the alternative. So I hesitate using that word. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So um, first, tell us a little bit about um, define infertility for us. So there's a few definitions out there, but infertility can be defined as the inability to get pregnant after one year of timed planned trying or intercourse. Okay. So that's one definition. That definition can also include um, habitual or multiple miscarriages would define somebody can fall under the category of infertility. Um, Those are probably the most important definitions out there, I think, for listeners. And then within that, you can we can delve further into like what what is the issue of each individual? But really you're trying to get pregnant and you're not getting pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant and you're not able to carry to term. Okay. All right. So, um, for women in the United States, so for the United States in general, um, according to the CDC infertility rate, um, for infertility, I should say fertility rates are down. Correct. Um, Across all ages. Correct. Across all ages. Which is surprising, right? Most people assume that it's going to be older women. And because more older women are trying to get pregnant, we're we're trying to get pregnant at older ages. And the assumption could be that that's the issue. But really, it is all ages that are affected. Mm -hmm. And so... So here's my question when I read this, because when I read it, the article actually was not very clear. Is So it says fertility rates are down. But is that because people are having less babies or is infertility up? I believe that infertility is up. It's not the same as people choosing not to have um, children. So there's one study. It's an older study, but um, but it still has relevance. It was done in the 90s. It was in the British Journal of Medicine where they reviewed... um, 60 papers um, having to do with um, fertile men and sperm analysis. And between 1940 and 1990, 
the sperm concentration in men has decreased from about 113 million to 66 million. Wow. So that's pretty significant, <laughs> that's, right? That is significant. So that's just looking at men. And so, but really it is men and women. And yes, fertility has gone down. So, so what, is there any, um, any theory as to why the sperm rate in men have more than a 50% drop? I think that there's a lot of, I think environmental factors play a big part. So I would say that, um, you know, nutrition, environmental toxins and stressors, our overall stress loads and the kind of our, our daily living and wh- what we're dealing with in terms of our stress loads has just gone up and up and up and up. Um, and also the number of toxins that the number of new toxic chemicals in the environment every year increases. Mm. So from that range of 1940 to 1990, that toxic load that we're exposed to is going up and up and up. And obviously from 90 to 2017, it's continuing to increase. Wow. Wow. And so, so what about for, for women? And then I should also mention, you know, just our lifestyle factors. So Mm -hmm. there are certain things that will affect, um, you know, like, um, marijuana can, can affect, um, sperm count count and sperm quality. Mm. So women had the same things in terms of environmental exposure to toxins. And when I say exposure, Certainly some people are in experiences where they're exposed to something that not everybody is, but we walking down the street mm. have great exposure to a lot of different things. Mm. Mm. Right. Our stress loads have gone up incredibly. So, you know, changes, I would say since the fifties changes have happened where we are women, we are um, not our role in society has shifted. Right. And so we're expected to still be mother, um, you know, kind of wife, home manager, um, caretaker, but we're also expected to be in our careers. Mm. And I believe that life expectancy for women has actually gone down, right? Really? I believe it has. <laughs> wow. So I, I'm just looking at that from the standpoint of the stress mm. on women. Mm. Um, and then you, you know, kind of pair that with our environmental toxins and our, um, our foods and if they're really giving us the nutrition that we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I, I can see all of that. So, so when we talk about, um, when we talk about fertility and this may be a loaded question, obviously, uh, there's always kind of like this assumption that it is, uh, the woman that has the problem. Right. What right. is the true kind of like ratio of whether yeah. it's wi- the women, women or men? The true ratio is it's really an equal problem. It would be wow. like 40% could be considered a female fertility issue. 40% could be considered a male fertility issue. And 20% would be either combined or um, unexplained fertility. Mm-hmm. So when we t- so let's talk a little bit um, more specific about some of the direct causes of infertility, yeah. particularly infertility in women. Yeah. So in women, so let me just give you kind of like the 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 most common causes as listed for infertility would be things like scar tissue, um, pelvic inflammatory diseases. So so scar tissue from scar tissue that could be from. It could be from a um, 
surgical procedure. Mm. Um, it could be from a DNC. Mm. Um, you could have scar tissue from having a previous infection. Mm. Um, fibroids are a big reason for infertility. Fibroids alone don't say infertility. It really depends on where they're located. Okay. But it is uh, a, an issue for many women. PCOS, which I know you guys have talked about a lot on the show. Yeah, right? yep. Um, thyroid diseases, so mm. hypothyroidism, um, metabolic disorder. So, so diabetes, insulin resistance in PCOS, or just um, you know, type two diabetes would mm. be an issue. Um, cholesterol could be an issue. You can have hormonal issues. So, um, really, any endocrine issue, whether it's in the adrenal glands, whether it's more the hormones at the pituitary level or in the hypothalamus. Mm. Um, so we think thyroid, adrenal issues. Um, and, and then as all, are all of these specific to women or um, if, if a man has a high cholesterol problem, can that contribute yeah. to a low sperm? sperm yes. Group? For men, we definitely want to look at their endocrine health as well. So we want to know if they're, you know, the pituitary is holding a lot of these sex hormones that, that mm -hmm. our body is using. And we want to make sure that there's um, no problem with any hormonal issue in that way. Um, their adrenal glands, which would produce their stress hormones, thyroid issues, um, and then for men, you also want to look at, is there an anatomical disorder? Is there some physical reason why this isn't happening? Um, or is there a problem with the sperm itself, meaning low, um, low motility? Um, is, a low, it a, is it a low sperm count or can they not swim, basically? Mm. Mm. Um, and... Some of those can be related really back to some of our basics of good nutrition, cholesterol, you know, not smoking, mm. getting exercise. Right, right, right. When you, so let's, so now we know kind of like uh, uh, this is some of the things that people have to look at. And mm -hmm. when, uh, when a patient comes to you um, and you've looked at all of these things, where, where, what are some of the things that a person can do before they come to you? Okay, they've listened to our show. They know that these are some yeah. of the issues. Is there things that they can do and they can try before they say, sure. okay, I need to see a doctor about yes. this? I, you know, all of our basic healthy habits, I think, are really important. So eating, you know, eating a whole foods diet. So you're getting um, a good amount of vegetables. You're getting enough fiber. You're not eating too much sugar. So if you are running into an issue of, um, you know, our, our diet is going to affect something like say type two diabetes or even the PCOS. So we can, we can do a lot to keep our blood sugar in check just by regular eating, low glycemic eating, high fiber diets, mm -hmm. moving our bodies, mm -hmm. all of the stuff I know that you preach. <laughs> yes. Um, but the truth is, I think that if somebody is, and I'm very excited when I have somebody come into my office and say, I think in about six months, we're going to try and get pregnant. Is there anything I should do? 
And I think that's a fantastic time to ask me about that because the ideal would be that people are doing three to four months of preconception care before they're going to try and get pregnant. Okay. And the reason why I think that is so important is obviously we have the goal of somebody wants to get pregnant, right? And then obviously they want to be able to carry the term. But the truth is with preconception care, we have the ability to affect not just whether a woman can get pregnant and carry the term, but the health of her baby mm. and that child's health growing into adulthood. Mm. So when you think about the fact that what you do in your preparation um, to get pregnant affects the health of your adult child, mm. it's it's kind of a different level of responsibility, right? Certainly, <laughs> certainly, really. I think because when we think about uh, uh, getting pregnant, we think about okay, I need to give birth to a healthy baby. Right. But we don't think kind of like, right. like okay, I'll take care of the rest of it after the baby's right. here. <laughs> but it actually starts. But it actually starts there. And if we look at epigenetics, which shows us kind of the, you know, um, in terms of heritable um, health and disease, really this health status of our grandparents can affect Mm. us you know we affect we can affect for generations so for people who aren't sure what epigenetics is can you just give us a really quick snapshot exactly what yeah that is? epigenetics is really looking at heritable or w what is inherited and so you know a lot of health or disease states we think of as being our our own situation that we're dealing with when really there's um a direct link back to the health of our, you know, parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents that will affect our health. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I read once, um, I read once that because every woman is born with the, um, with all of her eggs for life, yeah. that in fact, each woman carries her grandchild. And that yeah. was actually really profound for me. Yeah. I was like, wow, like you're not just you're literally not just yeah. carrying one person. Like even if you have a single pregnancy, you right. are having two babies. Right. <laughs> because your child in utero is carrying her child. Right. And that is very profound for me. That is very profound. Yeah. Yeah. And ho I mean, it's a good conversation to have because I think that as much as we can do to start to become more aware and therefore more responsible for just, you know, like familial health or community health. Mm -hmm. There's, there's so much more than just me. If I'm doing things to affect my health, it's not really just affecting me. Mm, absolutely. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio, also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. We are talking with uh, naturopathic doctor Jean Fuqua about fertility and um, and pregnancy and childbirth. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to comment or have a question, you can call us at 203-872-7356. Um, so, Jean, t let's talk a little bit about, okay, now they've come to you and it's time to conceive and they've been yeah. trying and they haven't... Um, what are some what are some of the first steps? Some of the first things that you're looking to do? So some of and all right, I'll, some of the first things I do when somebody is coming to me um, is I want to make sure for the woman, I want to get an idea of her 
menstrual history and make sure that she is um, menstruating regularly and ovulating. Um, and then I want to get an idea of their general health and really understand their nutritional status. So I start with understanding what people are, are eating, but then I also run tests that let me know someone's actual nutritional status. Mm. Um, and then some of the tests I do are tests that look at oxidative stress levels. So those would be like the, you know, we are all having oxidative stress um stressors happen like just by what we eat and just by walking down the street we're exposed to free radicals um but we need our bodies to be able to process that and if it's not doing a great job then we need to support those um the detox of of those free radicals Mm. um so that's an important step um want to make sure what's some of the the specific nutrients that you look for um b vitamins CoQ10, um, things like glutathione or lipoic acid are um, antioxidants and free radical scavengers. Mm. Um, Vitamin C. um, Yeah, and then kind of looking at uh, gut health. So is somebody... Um, does, do they have a healthy GI tract and are they digesting their food well and, and absorbing nutrients? Mm, mm, okay. Um, okay. So the test come back and what's the next step? So the test comes back and then I'm basically balancing, um, based on what, what are the stressors in someone's life and what's showing up in this test? What nutrients are they deficient in? And I'm especially looking for what nutrients would have a, an impact on fertility. Mm. So, um, you know, some of those uh, nutrients are also really important for um, things like egg quality. Mm. So I'm especially on the lookout for anything that I already know. That's one of the nutrients I might give for egg quality. And if I see that that's low in somebody, then I'm going to supplement that in. What what nutrients? Um, something like glutathione. Okay, all right. Um, and besides nutrition, what are some of the other uh, modalities that's used to? One of the other modalities that I use is homeopathy. So homeopathy is its own. It's a science, um, in its own right, a system of medicine where you are using very minuscule amounts of some substance. You know, animal, plant, mineral. Um, to just kind of nudge the body to have a uh, into its more balanced state, I would say. Mm. So I do that not because there's a homeopathic remedy for becoming fertile. The same as I don't believe that there's a homeopathic remedy for, you know, every sports injury or a homeopathic remedy for headaches. There's a homeopathic remedy to fit the individual. So mm. it's using medicine um, and treating someone at the constitutional level which in my opinion is really... Define that. What's the constitutional level? So that is not just... I'm not trying to affect like, okay, do we want to make sure that um, you are having a healthy menses? I want to make sure of that. But I kind of want to touch every system of the body, the whole. And so when you're treating at the constitutional level, you're treating... It's holistic medicine and you're treating the whole. Okay. So a constitutional remedy is prescribed for the person and therefore it has the possibility of helping 
multiple systems in the body and addressing multiple symptoms in the body. So I like to use that because I think it's the undergirding of the structure and gives a lot of support mm. and can be very helpful for um, a healthy body and then a healthy pregnancy. Mm. Mm. By the same token, I think that acupuncture can be used in a similar way for constitutional treatment. Um, but acupuncture would also be used to help regulate a menstrual cycle. It's a really important piece. So, so describe to me or, or explain to me, and my list is probably more for me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so act, now, I like natural medicine, but I have to... I will totally be vulnerable right now. Acupuncture scares the heck out I of me. I almost brought needles. <laughs> I almost brought needles to just oh show you. I would have been like, stick Harry. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost brought some needles because I think that people's impression when you Sorry. hear a needle, you think, <laughs> right. oh no, I don't I don't want a needle. We think of a blood draw. We think of a, you know, some people think of a vaccination. I don't, and the funny thing is I have no problem with drawing blood. Like I, every time I go to get my blood drawn, they love me. They're like, you have great veins. Like I can watch the needle go in, but yep. I don't know what it is about accurate. The idea of like these needles sticking out of various right, parts so of my I'm, body. I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to bring a needle and just do one spot. And then you're going to realize that's nothing at all. So most of the needles, they're, they're hair thin. Many of the needles. I'd but explain to me <clears throat> kind of like the, the philosophy behind acupuncture. You, okay. Like why do you need to stick needles in people? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have to say, you don't always need to stick needles. You can use other things, but okay. needles are usually <laughs> the thing that we use. So just as we have lymph vessels traversing our body and blood vessels traversing our body, we have other vessels or channels carrying chi, which is energy. So with acupuncture we're affecting chi in the channels. And so when there is a blockage of chi, and it can also, we can affect um, blood. Um, but we're affecting the chi in the channels. So when you're using, if you're looking at, at a channel and where it goes, there are certain places along that channel where the chi can kind of uh, enter up a, a little closer. And those are the acupoints that we use. Okay. All right. So I'm thinking chi as kind of the way that veins run through your body. Right? Yeah. So um, the chi a... is, yes, okay. in vessels or in, we call them meridians, mm -hmm. vessels, channels okay. um, are carrying all through our body. Okay. All right. All right. And uh, so um, explain to me how that we should probably talk about the topic, right? Not just my fears. <laughs> <laughs> how does acupuncture help with fertility? Acupuncture can help with fertility for a f in a few different ways. Well, one, as I mentioned, I really feel like that any constitutional treatment is going to be helpful for any health condition, okay. right? So because you can treat at the constitutional level, meaning I'm just, we're going for whole body wellness, mm. um, mind, body, spirit, wellness. Um, but then also, you know, acupuncture is a great modality to help regulate the menstrual cycle. So I've had plenty of, of women come in who are not having a regular menstrual cycle. Say it's very, you know, very long. They're having a cycle that's like uh, 35 or 40 days, mm. meaning it's that many days between each mm -hmm. period. Okay. Um, and with acupuncture, we can narrow that down. So it's, it's closer to a 28 to 30 day cycle. Mm, okay. Um, but also, besides regulating the cycle, 
Um, I think that acupuncture is really important for just stress management. Mm. You would be surprised at how wonderful you feel after an acupuncture treatment. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of the women that come to me are have been in this fertility journey for a long time, and it's it's extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. And then there's also just the daily stress of of our our daily living, our life. Mm. Um, so I always want to help somebody. I can't always help change the stressors in somebody's life, but I can try and affect how their body responds to that stress. Mm. And acupuncture is one of the modalities to do that. Mm. Mm, interesting. So do you recommend that people see um, a medical doctor along with you or kind of like after they've seen a medical <clears throat> doctor, it hasn't worked, come to you? How, how, In terms how should people of do that? fertility, I, uh, you could do, people do either. I think that there are, there's so much for us to do before getting to the stage where people are needing, um, assisted reproductive technology, ART. Not always. Sometimes that's what's also needed for people and they're using things like IUI um, or IVF. Okay. And IUI. I know what IVF is. Intrauterine insemination. Okay. Um, So I think, I love if people come to me first. I'm certainly going to refer patients out if we are not successful or if I feel that they have uh, conditions that they need um, simultaneous care with their MD. Mm, okay. That being said, I'm really happy when people are already working with a reproductive endocrinologist and they're seeking out uh, support with in terms of naturopathic medicine or acupuncture. When do you think that people should, um, is there any, I would say, is there any, situation or um any reason a person might think that naturopathic medicine should be added to what they're already doing with their endocrinologist well my biased opinion is (laughs) okay you can be biased it's all right (laughs) i think for every patient there is something that a naturopath can add in because i think that when you're working with a reproductive endocrinologist, they're being very focused on this one piece. And, you know, our understanding as naturopathic physicians is it's a much broader picture. Even if we're looking at fertility, it's still a bigger issue. Mm. Um, So, you know, your reproductive endocrinologist is not going to check your nutrient status and see if you are um, in need of some really important nutrients. Um, I actually, so, so that those pieces won't be done. They are not necessarily, and you don't need to work with a naturopath, but you might be working with someone for nutrition. You might be working with a nutritionist. Um, you may be um, getting support from someone in terms of healthy moving, but I think all of those pieces are really, really important to women on the fertility journey. And you can easily not go into delve into any of them in your reproductive endocrinologist's office. It's kind of not their job to be doing all of those things. They're being very specific with, you know, like let's get this, get the egg, fertilize it, let it grow to a blastocyst and put it back in. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. When you, so once 
so let's talk a little bit about um, once people have successfully um, successfully conceived. Yes. Um, when they've successfully conceived, what are some of the things that they should do to make sure that they can carry the baby to term? And is it, uh, and, and so I guess I'm, and my curiosity is when people have difficulty conceiving, is there a greater chance for them not carrying to term? Or that just depends on the medical situation? Um, I think it depends on the medical situation. Okay. All right. All right. I think. I know that, you know, there, the, the longer you are trying to conceive the, you know, the more pronounced the, the, your, or severe is the course of infertility, but I'm not sure that once you actually do conceive that that's an issue. Okay. One, you know, one thing that people can do is if they're, if they're not in a naturopath's office, and they're working with their, um, you know, either a reproductive endocrinologist or they're just at their their OBGYN. And, you know, everyone would and should be checking this, but for the informed patient to know, you want to make sure that your progesterone levels are are healthy and good because that could be a cause of, of um, miscarrying, mm. low progesterone. I wouldn't suggest people just go and get any progesterone cream that they can get in the health food store. But I would say, you know, like you can ask for your levels to be checked if mm. you're nervous about that and you don't feel like it's being checked. So is that, a, so your <clears throat> progesterone levels should be checked once you've conceived or prior mm-hmm. to? Once you've conceived, they're, okay. they're being checked along the way anyway, but okay. they, you want to make sure that they are high enough after. And for somebody who is in, um, a fertility clinic that's probably being checked okay and and um, managed and many women will continue to take or take progesterone in some form um, into their first trimester um, you definitely there's a lot of stuff you want to do you want to make sure you get on a good prenatal vitamin as quickly as possible and hopefully you've already been taking one um, the very early stages in a pregnancy, some of those nutrients are really important. Um, I would say at this day and age, with our understanding of um, the gene mutation, the MTHFR gene, um, you want to make sure that your multivitamin has methylfolate. Okay, so you're going to have to explain it. Yeah. Um, real quick station break. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim. We are also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. And this is Mornings with Mubaraka, where we're talking about Gene Fru- t- talking to Dr. Jean Fuqua, naturopathic uh, physician, um, about fertility and um, some natural methods to assist and um, to help with fertility issues. Infertility issues, fertility issues. (laughs) (laughs) Both, both of them. (laughs) So, so I'm sure a lot of people have heard those letters together: MTHFR, which is um, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase, and that's that it's a mouthful. (laughs) So you just say MTHFR, um, and it is. it's a it's a, a gene that is mutated often 
um, it's important. So when there's a a gene mutation with that in particular, it affects the enzyme that processes folic acid so Mm. that we're not processing folic acid correctly. Mm. So folic acid is really important in embryonic health. So the health of your growing baby um, in terms of brain health and spinal cord health. So you want to, you want to have that covered, right? You want to make sure that even if nobody is testing it. And I would say within the allopathic medical world, it is not as, um, you know, standard, a thing to look at as it is within naturopathic medicine, but it's easy enough to make sure that your multivitamin has methylfolate in it. Okay. All right. So you're, you're making sure that you um, are keeping track of your progesterone level. So this is once you've conceived, you're making sure yeah. that you're taking that You want to make that sure that you're asking your doctor about that at least. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you, you are taking a good multivitamin, okay. um, you know, that you're eating well, so whole foods, you know, good real food, okay. um, you know, for somebody who has not been exercising, once you get pregnant, it's not this time time to really like start an exercise routine. Right. That doesn't mean you shouldn't exercise though. <laughs> so you should be, you know, you you shouldn't go become a weekend warrior, obviously. But you sh- you should be walking, you should be biking, you should be doing things where you're moving your body. Okay. And you know, moving your body is really important to blood flow to the uterus. Mm. Um, what else do you need to consider? You want to, as much as you can, make sure you're sleeping well. Mm. All of our basic nutrition healthiness. It becomes even more important. It becomes even more important. Okay. All right. And, and so what is that? So one of the things that, um, I, we hear often is like these stories of, um, you know, as soon as I stop trying, I got to pray. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with the incredible amount of stress that is placed on women in particular for trying to conceive. Um, So I would say that for any woman who's in the process of trying to conceive and has been trying to do that for a while, they are stressed out. Mm. They, these are some of my most stressed out patients alongside social workers (laughs) (laughs) who are my other very stressed out population. But Uh, those women trying to conceive, it's, you know, it's just very hard. So if someone is trying to conceive naturally, they're not going through a clinic. um, That process every month of trying and not conceiving, it just, it has a lot of mental weight to it Mm. and becomes very difficult. And, you know, for women, we tend to feel like something's wrong with our body. Our Mm. body is not doing what it's supposed to do. Mm. Um, for women who are on the fertility journey with the assistance of a fertility clinic, it is, um, it's kind of like a full-time job. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a lot of work. It's monitoring constantly. It's, um, a physical stress on your body with, um, the medications and injections that are often used. Um, uh, it's the same mental stress and it's, it's a kind of a vicious cycle of a lot of stress. So I think that you're trying to do this one thing and by trying to do it, the, the technology that we have to do that just produces this other side effect of a a huge amount of stress, which isn't helpful for, Mm. for 
the pregnancy. And so it's really the reduction of stress that causes the I think so, yeah. <laughs> fertility yeah. to happen. So when we talk about, okay, so when we talk about um, uh, um, the things to do throughout the pregnancy that's going to 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 try to shore up or, or make a, a successful pregnancy more likely. Let's just quickly dive into kind of like the in and as we go into delivery, is there things that people should think about when they talk, when they think about um, from a naturopathic yes, point of view? from a naturopathic point of view or from an acupuncture point of view, I would say one is also if someone has been having trouble getting pregnant and then they get pregnant and they have been, um, getting acupuncture, I often try and keep women in care getting regular acupuncture through the first trimester. And then I feel like, you know, whatever you'd like to do after that, um, I feel pretty, pretty secure if we've gotten into the second trimester. That being said, towards the end, when you're getting close to labor and delivery, you might seek out acupuncture again to just kind of prep your body for that. And plenty of people come in specifically for labor induction. And we're not, we're not technically inducing labor. We're assisting the body if it is going to be ready to, you know, actually. So if someone is over their due date, they can come and get acupuncture. They can come and get acupuncture. Help. And there are, you know, several points that we do that. And I, I have done those points and had women feel contractions while they have the needles in. I've had... um yeah, so it's it's great at that point. Mm, okay, all right. And does it help? Um, and I know this is a silly question for us, especially for somebody who's had four children. Does it pain. help with the pain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I just like, <laughs> I'm asking for y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm asking for y'all. I have no idea of trying to experiment with the answer, but okay. it can help with pain if you are having acupuncture during labor you can have or acupuncture if you have, while you're in labor if you were in a progressive hospital you could <laughs> you know you okay. you might have someone put some ear points in and c- can it be helpful yes is it gonna be like an epidural no okay. not at all, <laughs> all right, well you know any yeah. reduction is, is good any reduction yes but yes it can help <laughs> okay all right that's awesome so we're we're coming to our last uh five minutes or so of the show um what are some of the important points you want to leave the listeners with who may be um, who may be struggling with infertility yeah. right now? Things that they should be doing or considering. The thing that if if someone took away nothing but this, I would be happy is to understand the importance of preconception care mm-hmm. and how much you can affect, how much um, change and health you can affect by giving a few months of prepping your body for your child. I know that that's extremely hard for women who are already in their fertility journey and already working with a clinic to hear because nobody wants to stop once they're in the middle of, you know, doing cycles in a clinic. But I really want people to understand the importance and the power you have to affect the health of your, of your child into their adulthood. Mm. Um, And so seeking out, you know, generally we try and push through and finish things quickly and it feels terrible. The idea of taking a month off or a couple of months off, but that time would be so well served for um, the success of a pregnancy and the health of your child. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, Dr. Jean Fuqua is a doctor of naturopathic medicine, and you have a practice in Weathersfield. In Weathersfield, Connecticut. Um, yep. Can you tell us how people can get in touch with you if you if they'd like? So, I my address is one eleven Main Street in Weathersfield, Connecticut. Uh, my email address is info at drfuqua.com. So that's I-N-F-O at D-R-F-U-Q-U-A.com. And I have to look at the phone number. The phone <laughs> number is 860-470-6950. Awesome. And do you have a website? I do. Doc, you know what? It's kind of under construction okay. and will be up within the next few days. But there is something that's that's there. So you can easily get in touch with me through, through my website, drfuqua.com. Okay. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank and you, thank Mubarka. you for um, this really interesting and enlightening conversation. I um, am past my childbearing time um, because I choose not to have any more children. My baby is 16. And he's a senior in high school. So um, I did this for other people. Yeah. <laughs> no personal interest. I'm so selfless today. I'm just like, nice. I'm like the selfless saint right now. Very good. Very good. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me. This is really, really interesting. And I hope it was really beneficial for uh, people um, who may be on this on this fertility journey. I hope so. I hope that if people do have questions, they'll reach out, even if it's just to answer some questions about fertility and how naturopathic medicine or acupuncture can be helpful. Awesome. Thank you. If you've been listening, you um, have been listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. You've been listening to Mornings with Mubaraka. And I want to sign off for the week. I will talk to you next Wednesday. And until then, I'm going to remind you once again, be a voice and not an echo.